0: What's the easiest way to ask customers for a review? What kind of links can we have on our Amazon product insert cards? We're gonna talk about this, as well as introduce a brand new tool that's gonna help Amazon sellers who use FBA, whether you're private label, wholesale, or arbitrage. How cool is that? Pretty cool, I think. Hey guys, you know, we've had a few guests here on the podcast that work for Thrasio. Now what Thrasio is, is they're a company that acquires leading FBA brands from small business owners, just like you. They've got the experience of acquiring over 125 Amazon businesses. So they've seen it all when it comes to managing and growing an Amazon brand. So if you are thinking about selling your FBA business, visit thrasio.com. Forward slash Helium 10 to connect with the Thrasio's deal team. That's T-H-R-A-S-I-O dot forward slash Helium 10 for more information on if your brand is a good fit for Thrasio. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the Serious Sellers podcast by Helium 10. I am your host Bradley Sutton and this is the show that's a completely BS free, unscripted and unrehearsed organic conversation about serious strategies for serious sellers of any level in the Amazon world and back in the day, guys, I used to know every single tool at Helium 10, like the back of my hand. And, and I was kind of like the almost unofficial product manager, even though I really wasn't even part of the product team. And and like, you know, you could ask me anything about any tool. And I was just like, this is exactly how it works. But then we started growing so fast and going uh, into lanes that wasn't exactly mine. And and I was just like, you know what, I can't even take this. This is, this is like too much stuff to learn. And uh, a few, a couple of those tools um, that I never really completely mastered was uh, portals and follow-up. And so what I wanted to do today is for not just this, you know, usually I bring on guests to try and help everybody out there. I'm bringing somebody on to help me out here to give me some education on some of this stuff. Uh, we've got our product manager here at Helium 10 for the follow-up and portals tools, uh, Alex. Alex, how's it going?
1: Hi, Bradley. It's going going great.
0: Thank you for having me on. Thank you for coming on. You know, you you are in charge of a couple of tools that um, you know, follow up I kind of know mostly, but portals, it's just like I'm I'm like a newbie in this stuff. And we have uh we have added so much stuff, it's really exciting to see. So I wanted to get the lowdown from you on, on how this stuff works and, and how Amazon sellers have been using it. But but before we get into that, you know, since this is your first time on the show, you are actually uh calling in from Walmartville right?
1: Yes, you are correct. I'm located here in Bentonville, Arkansas.
0: Yeah. So like, uh, that's the place where pretty much most of the population works for Walmart there. That's where Walmart headquarters are. I I used to travel to Walmart headquarters and go there uh, when I worked at other companies. Did you yourself ever ever work for Walmart?
1: Yeah. I spent uh, about two and a half, almost three years at Walmart technology. So Walmart tech, global tech, uh, both as a software engineer and a product manager at Walmart.
0: Oh, interesting! Interesting. That's pretty cool. And how's been? How's the transition been to a, a company that's uh, you know helping Amazon sellers? <laughs>
1: uh, it's been great. You know, going from Fortune One, Walmart, uh, to a, a startup in the Amazon space where we can move very quickly. Uh, and I mm-hmm. get to talk to customers all the time. Uh, it's been it's been a great transition.
0: Cool, cool. Like what what attracted you to 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 try this? You know, different lane for yourself. Kind of like I'm trying a different lane and trying to learn how to do landing pages today with you. But I uh, like how do you go from you know Walmart and say you know what? L- let me try something. I have zero experience because I'm assuming you've never sold on Amazon yourself, uh, right? Actually, the way I got
1: introduced to Helium 10 is I was flipping used college textbooks on Amazon. So uh-huh. I was, you know, from from friends or even in here in the area at the University of Arkansas, buying used textbooks and reselling them myself, um, FBM, on Amazon. And there was certain pieces of data that I needed to run that successfully. And Mm -hmm. I got those um, mostly using x-ray and the Chrome extension. So I got exposed to Helium 10 um, well before I joined Helium 10. And then when I got the call saying, hey, this company is interested in you and you probably have never heard of them. I, in fact, had been a subscriber at the time.
0: That I had no idea. That's pretty cool. Let's just talk about about the the advancement of follow-up over the last couple of years. Now, I think that everybody understands that this is one of the, the stickiest points in the Amazon world. You know, like everybody understands the need for more reviews. Like everybody knows, hey, social proof is necessary. We want to get more reviews, especially when we're starting out. And, you know, sometimes your, your success can be tied to to you know like how how fast you can get those reviews up in, in a reasonable amount you know like obviously you know you don't want 500 reviews to show up overnight or anything but at the on the flip side people have to be careful i mean what are we seeing in the news lately like all of these uh, eight and nine figure companies a lot of them out of china have been caught do manipulating reviews by by sending out uh things that that incentivize them and offer gift cards and and had fake review groups. So this is something that Amazon is very sensitive. So like we at Helium 10 have had to be very careful in order to make sure that, you know, what we are offering customers is obviously in compliance. So let's just talk about that first of all, like what are some of the roadblocks or, or some of the, the tippy-toeing around you have had to do to make sure that we, as Helium 10, are providing our customers with something that's uh, in compliance?
1: Right, so let me start by saying, You're definitely correct. So Amazon is trying to crack down on this. And, you know, we'd be kidding ourselves if we weren't admitting that there's still a lot of bad actors that are doing, you know, incentivizing reviews, things like that, and that are successfully getting away with it. Um, Now, how long will that go on for? How, you know, how scalable is that? In some cases, not at all. In other cases, they can stay under the radar. Right. But as you said, we, we don't want to advise that because we're in a position where we want to make sure that you're growing your business and, you know, talking to your customers and doing things the right way. So, um, you know, there are other tactics, but for the most part, we want to go by the book and there's creative ways to do that. Right. And so um, what we want to do is, you know, give give sellers the best tools and the best chance to be successful with the lowest amount of risk the longstanding thing that we always preach is, you know, when requesting reviews, the two rules are do not in any form incentivize a positive review. Um, so, you know, if you're asking, even dancing around the subject, uh, you know, you can get in trouble for saying, you know, please leave me a positive review, right? All you want to do is ask for a review at all. Just give me a rating. Now, you know, there's people that have gotten in trouble.
0: It's not just that though, right? I mean, like, you see, it's, it's the amazing thing about Amazon is, well, first of all, they don't say specifically, you know, like what, what gets you in trouble or, or the exact verbiage, but we've had cases where so many people think that, oh yeah, I didn't ask, I, I didn't do what Alex just said, but what, what are some of those things that you've seen people get like the, that slap on the wrist for where it wasn't even blatant? Like Right.
1: That? So yeah, there is, there is the blatancy of, of just saying, you know, We'll give you a gift card if you give us a positive review that's obvious Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. you're right there's there's um there's a lot of nuances in the intent of of how you you know the messaging or what you're saying to your customer we see sometimes where it says if you have any problems at all you know please reach out to us don't Mm -hmm, have any problems mm -hmm. leave us you know feel free to leave us a review and that may sound great and it doesn't sound like you're asking for a positive review but that could be seen as you trying to deter a negative review, right? So um, even that we've seen people get in trouble for. So a lot of it is, you know, you never want to say, you know, if this happens, do this. If this happens, do this. Uh, anything that's going to be some sort of like almost conditional statement of leaving a review can can get you in trouble in some
0: cases. For those people who are just like so nervous. They're like, you know what, I don't trust myself to, to 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 write this email and have Amazon not get mad at me. What is the one foolproof way that they can request reviews without having to worry about Amazon thinking that they're they're borderline or not? So the the best
1: way would be just sending Amazon's request a review. And what this what this usually looks like, um, for, for new sellers or people that don't have a system to automate this for them is just, you know, you go to your orders page in seller central, the, the, the order and, and you click, you know, request a review, right. And and it's just clicking that button. That's going to send out the review request, uh, message to that buyer. Now that's Mm -hmm. going to be Amazon's template. Like you said, there's a lot of benefits to doing this method. Um, you know, you're going to be compliant. So it's kind of risk-free, worry-free option. Uh, they, they will translate it to the buyer's language of preference. So, you know, it's going to be, you know, they can read it. It's legible to them. They can understand the message and what, what they're asking for. Um, and with things like follow-up, we can now automate this process. So, you know, you're doing the, the custom messages. You want to build a creative email copy in the email template and, and schedule those to be sent out. That's, that's great. And that works well. Um, but for, for, like you said, the people that, that don't want to worry about that or want something quicker, right? Some people are just, mm-hmm. you know, let me just turn it on. Let me set it and forget it. Not have to worry about this. I know even if the landscape changes or the rules change, I would think that Amazon will, you know, will update that request for review and that's always going to be compliant. So in that case, you know, you go into follow up and you can, you can, create an automation that's going
0: to send out Amazon's email template. And it's so much better guys to use that because now you can have those uh, specifications like not sending it to people who uh, got a refund or or not sending that out to people who, who maybe got a discount, you know, like people who are using discount promotions and things, sometimes people are worried like, man, will Amazon look at that as almost like an incentivized review because I gave them a promotion and they're, I'm asking them for a review. So if you're worried about that, well you know, uh, you would have to figure that out one by one if you're using Amazon's request review, but in, in Helium 10, you can actually edit those out. Guys, uh, another thing, you know, th- this is separate from, from from what Alex has been talking about, but that deep dive I did, you know, uh, I showed f- facts and figures about, you know, review velocity these days and, and how high it is compared to the old days, thanks to the one-click reviews. And and if you're wondering how it looks on the buyer side, like what how does it look when Amazon requests a review on their own? How does it look when you use a buyer seller messaging? How does it look when you use the request review? If you're curious about that, just go to our helium 10.com forward slash blog and type in, I think it's called like state of, state of Amazon reviews, 2021. Just type that into the search and you'll see a deep dive with a whole bunch of uh, screenshots that obviously it's kind of hard to describe here on an audio podcast, but but check that out guys. If you're, if you are uh, interested in more information, any last things uh, about follow-up, like either, you know, some some, experiences with customers you've talked to or or something about follow up that that you feel like not everybody knows that that we even have or or Amazon communications in general so the
1: the only other thing that I'll say is that you know follow up can can be as advanced or as basic as you'd like it to be so we've seen customers that want to have very complex automations with a lot of different filters and different messaging, depending on, you know, the filter. So, you know, a different message for a first time buyer versus a repeat buyer, a different message for someone that's, you know, bought on one marketplace versus another, and some are translating it. So we have, you know, you can tag the, the email, um, template that you've created and, and, you know, create it in multiple different languages to go out and which we'll detect for you. But, um, but just know that you you can still have a fair amount of success. I would say a lot of success, um, just doing the, the basic thing. So we have, you know, we have basic automation and email templates for, you know, a refunded or returned order. You can automate request a review with, Really, just a click of a button. We have a in the we have an onboarding checklist in follow up when you first go into the tool. And part of that is just, do you want to automate review requests uh, using Amazon's template? And with a click of a button, you can turn it on. Now, if you want to, you know, only do it for certain products, or try that out for some, and then try out custom messaging. You can you can beef it up or make it more advanced, but. Know that you can get started with follow up with just a couple minutes, a couple clicks, and and see how it works for you.
0: Yeah, yeah. All right, guys. If you want a little bit more information on that, go to h10.me forward slash follow up. H10.me forward slash follow up. But but give it a try. I mean, uh, it really works. Well, I, I've been using it for every single one of my uh, product launches lately. And, and it's it's definitely helped me get those review velocities at a place I want them to be when, I, when I'm at a launch, you know? And, and some of them are, are really incredible. Like, you know, some of them I've, I've had even upwards of 15% rev, uh, reviews to orders, which is like, you know, three years ago or four years ago would have been unheard of. But but nowadays with that, uh, you know, with how easy Amazon makes it to uh, to actually give a review, you know, the one click review, uh, you, everyone's review velocities are way up. Now now let's switch gears to something I'm a little or not a little bit a lot less familiar about and that's, you know, the whole thing about like landing pages and 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 uh, insert cards and these are things that I never used even when I was a consultant back in the day and so, you know, we wanted to really start integrating that into the Helium 10 suite and that's why, you know, you were tasked to to kind of launch the the whole portals a program here. But my first question to you, first of all, is I think the question that is on everybody's mind, let, let, let's skip the portals part or the landing page part and let's go right to insert cards. And, and I would say, you know, especially newer sellers, at least 50% of sellers will say the very first thing when you start talking about insert cards is, wait a minute, is that really okay to to Amazon? Like if I have a link to go to a social media or something else, like I thought insert cards are, are not allowed. So what would you say to to that?
1: Yeah, so the, the kind of understanding or sentiment that we see from, from sellers that, you know, look at these types of strategies, like the product insert cards, um, they, a lot of times they equate the communication guidelines that Amazon has put out there to uh, include product inserts in those communication guidelines saying you cannot have an external link or all these other things, a product image, right? All of these mm-hmm. things that, you know, you have to have an order ID, right? It would be, mm-hmm. it would be a very daunting task to apply all of those to product inserts, which is why they, in fact, yeah. do not apply. So um, there are now there are some you know just staple rules to follow that apply everywhere. Um, but that's the main thing that we see is is people think you know that the communication guidelines extend to product insert cards when in fact. It's it's a very different game with a, with a somewhat different set of rules, and the the main point is that you can use them. Um, you know, there's there's yeah. a lot of big brands that are using them. Um, you can see a lot of you know expert sellers using them very successfully um, without risk or worry because we can confidently say that we've seen enough of them, we've tested and used enough of them to to know that they are allowed.
0: Well, what's the no-no though so like I mean just like with reviews, you know people people are like wait, can I ask for reviews? Yes, you can absolutely ask for reviews. you know like uh, there's nothing wrong with that, but there is a line that you can't cross you know like so so what what are a few of the things that you cannot do when you're talking about insert cards?
1: Yeah, the biggest two, you hit on one already, the review requests. So the same goes for incentivizing positive reviews or deterring negative reviews. You don't want to have any type of messaging that is going to be suggestive in that way. So, you know, just if you are going to ask for a review, just leave it at that. But don't talk about a positive experience. If you, you know, if you experience this, contact us here and don't leave a review. Right. Don't don't play around with that at all. And then number two is do not divert sales traffic away from Amazon. So, you know, you don't want to put in your product insert, let's say you have your own you know, e-commerce storefront, uh, maybe you have, or you're selling on another channel or something, you have your own Shopify store. Um, you know, don't, don't say, here's a coupon code to use on our website and purchase there next time, or, or even just mm-hmm. have that link there. Um, I would say avoid doing that because you don't want to divert sales traffic away from Amazon. They'll see that as you trying to, you know, convert or steal, uh, one of their customers. And they usually don't look highly upon that.
0: Yeah. Okay, good. Now, the original focus of portals was that what I was talking about, those landing pages. And so, you know, if somebody has not, you know, thought about the benefit of that, you know, in a minute or two, what are the main benefits of being able to, to, to use a landing page before sending outside traffic to your Amazon products or Amazon store like wh- wh- why, why would you even want to do that?
1: Right. So that's one of the buckets, pre-sale landing pages or, or some sort of like sales funnel. And then there's, we have like a second bucket that would be more a post-sale strategy. And that would be more of like, you know, warranty activation or some sort of like post-sale giveaway or something like that, you know, subscribe to our newsletter, you know, something along those lines. Now uh, on the, the pre-sale side. Um, there's some benefits here as well, so um, we see a lot of people do it in, in you know some sort of product launch where they just want to get more traffic and sales um, on their on their products. Um, but what this typically looks like, a lot of folks decide to offer coupon codes. So it may look like let me drive traffic to my landing page. Uh, let me upload a set of you know either a single you know single use coupon code that. Um, that I've gotten, you know, is connected to my seller account as well. So I've, I have the coupon codes in my seller account, uh, or a group coupon code. So it's just, you know, a multi-use coupon code. And what you do is you, you collect the customer's information in exchange for a discount. And then now you've collected that customer information, whether they decide to finish their and complete their purchase or not. Now you have someone that is at least somewhat interested in your product and if they yeah. do complete the sale then great I've gotten a sale maybe I've given you know a discount to in order to get that sale but I've also captured that customer's information yes. and that there's a lot of valuable things that you can do with that both in terms of retargeting those people or if you are one of the sellers that likes to run ads now you can you know, either retarget them via ads as well, or find people that look like them, look like audiences. Let me find other people that are like this person that engaged with my landing page or my ad or purchased my product.
0: Yes, exactly. Exactly. So I think people, you know, if you're starting brand new from day one, you know, like, Hey, I didn't use a landing page, you know, I wouldn't call you a failure at Amazon, but it's something that you can start considering early on. You know, it's not something that you need guys to be million dollar sellers before landing pages can can be useful for you. You know, don't forget that. Remember, you don't own your customer. You know, you can't really communicate them. We we talked about buyer seller communication. Sure. You can ask for a review, but, uh, you know, you can't go and say, hey, here's a coupon on my new uh, product offering, you know, check it out or. Hey guys, you know, like uh, the product you bought, you know, we got a sale on it. You want, you want to, you want to buy some, or, or, or hey, why don't you share this? I mean, you can't, you can't do communications like that with, with buyers. However, if you have their email address because you acquired them off of uh, Amazon, you can communicate with them all you want outside of Amazon buyer seller messaging. Now, of course, there's you know standard practice goes. You know, you don't want to be bombarding customers with emails, but but the fact is that you can communicate with your customers. If you have their own uh, information, so so that is very, uh, very valuable. Now going back to the uh, the insert cards, you know, we're going to talk about something that that we were able to get some kind of like templates and blueprints and things like that here. But the reason we have that is because there are some influencers out there like Norm Ferrar, Paul Barron, Tom Yang, who um, who gave us their their best performing insert cards. What else have we been adding other than just the 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 plain creating a landing page and being able to create an insert card? We got plenty more stuff uh, in portals that you've launched over the last six months.
1: Right. So the you know we talked about featured product inserts. So the the product inserts feature has some product inserts that we've come up with ourselves here at Helium 10, which was just collecting a bunch of uh inserts from products that we purchased and figuring out well what are the trends what are the things that are working what are the things that are compliant and non-compliant we saw a lot that were that were not that were clearly incentivizing Mm -hmm. reviews now that's not something we would um build into our tool or or recommend that you do um but the featured product inserts were were i'll call it a big hit because as you pointed out these are um Expert sellers that spent a lot of time and money to develop a a appealing and high converting product insert. And so that's been a a very high value um, feature to add into into portals. Um, But I, I think the big thing that makes all of these things that we've added into portals easier to use in tandem, so use all these things together in a successful way would be our blueprints feature, and a, a great example of this would be, um, you know, we have a warranty activation kind of sales funnel or or customer collecting funnel, and what this would look like is kind of marrying all these things together. So you you design a product insert that is that has the goal of having your buyer activate a warranty. And we've got templates that are designed to do this. And the templates also include QR codes and, and short links, a shortened URL, um, that is pre pre pre-configured to go to your warranty activation portal landing page. And so kind of out of the box, you can create this warranty activation strategy that we've actually kind of somewhat borrowed or, or just seen other sellers use, um, and boxed this strategy up for other sellers to try out. And so, you know, it's when a customer gets your product insert, they see, you know, claim your, your, your one year extended product warranty and be entered to win in this contest. And so they scan the QR code, they go to your portal, they, you collect their customer information. We have you know, if you want to enable order ID verification, uh, you, can, you can connect your account data so that we can verify that it's a real order. And once we've done that, you've collected that customer information. Uh, and then you can, again, you can do all these types of things with that valuable customer information that you've collected.
0: Cool, cool. So guys, you know, like if you're like me and, and you were starting from zero as far as how to create some of these things, like absolutely... Take advantage of that. Another thing that launched recently was the the QR codes. And so, what are some scenarios where QR codes? I mean, like two years ago, most people you know might not even understand what QR codes. But thanks to COVID, I think the entire world has used co- uh, you know QR codes at you know for menus and things like that. So, how would an Amazon seller use QR codes uh, uh, in their Amazon business?
1: So, so the main way we see them being used is in the product inserts so you know you can you can obviously give someone a link uh, or a shortened link which we also have in the qr codes uh tool in portals but the easiest experience for for a customer is to just scan a qr code with the photo app on their smartphone right so they just open up the camera as Mm -hmm. you said people are very familiar with how this works nowadays and and that'll link them directly to wherever you want to put them to. It doesn't have to be a portal landing page. It could be another page as well. Now, obviously still keep in mind that you need to be within Amazon's terms of service. So again, don't divert sales traffic or anything like that, but, um, you know, you can just put it on your product insert and scan that. Um, there's other things too, that, you know, there's in our QR code tool, we track things like, you know, scans and location and things like that too. So that, you can see how well are these things performing. So it's not just, uh, you know, you don't just put it out there and don't have an idea of how well it's working for you. Uh, you can actually see those statistics in there. The the other place that we see QR codes used is directly on product packaging. So some people decide not to do the product inserts, or if, even if they still are, some decide to put QR codes on product packaging. You'll see a lot of bigger brands do this too, um, where it's, you know, maybe you have a, how to assemble video uh that you've published and you want to just link you know say go to this qr code to see the video instead of typing in this really long link on youtube it just reduces the friction uh for a for a buyer to engage whatever with whatever content you have and the upside is you know if you just sent the youtube link you know you could see views and things like that um but maybe what whatever source that you're you're directing your buyers to your customers to maybe you don't have any analytics into that which again is just the advantage of having a QR code because you can track those types of things
0: okay cool. Um, I I've used it and uh, super easy I like the, one of the the cool things is you can even kind of like embed your logo <laughs> into the the QR code I was like what I didn't even know that was possible this is so cool now along the lines of both of these you know like in the past, when we would do QR codes that went to a link or, or landing pages, you know, uh, we were using kind of a, our, our own Helium 10 and Portals URLs. But now, uh, what can people do uh, inside of inside of Portals if they don't want to use the the Helium 10 uh, URLs? Right. So
1: this is a kind of a important subject. So if you're if you're using a, a normal landing page in Portals, or there's a lot of other tools that we've looked at that are available that all do this similar thing. They have their own domain, their own kind of URLs, um, for their landing pages that you can create. And the same goes for portals. When you create a landing page in portals, you see portals and then you've got some, you know, random characters that are unique to your landing page. And while that works mm-hmm. okay, um, there's a few reasons why it could work a little bit better. So as branding becomes much more important, important for sellers to kind of differentiate or stand out or to be remembered. Um, you know, that's another opportunity to get your brand in front of people. It's a little bit more trusted than some random kind of site link that they see in their browser. And if you're running any sort of traffic to that page, a lot of times when you preview, um, you know, if you share a link somewhere, you usually see a preview of that page. And in that preview, you typically would also see the URL. And if someone sees this strange looking URL, again, it, it kind of hurts the trust um, factor with your customer. And you may see it convert not as highly as it potentially could. So the way that we, we solve this issue is allow you to connect a custom domain to your landing pages and even your short links uh, for your QR codes, if you'd like as well. And, and so within portals, you can now actually search and purchase custom domains and connect them directly to your landing pages so that you can have it be related to your product or your brand uh, and, and hopefully um, convert a little bit higher.
0: And then you know I'm registering this just like if it was GoDaddy. So like if for for whatever reason I stop selling on Amazon, I obviously don't need Helium 10. But maybe I'm I'm doing my Shopify or I'm making my own .com site. Just because I cancel Helium 10, it's not like I lose I lose that domain. I I could still. Go somewhere. I'm assuming to to see all the DNS addresses and all that wonderful technical. Yeah. Stuff. So there's
1: a few things you can do. You t- you mentioned Shopify. We actually have a connection to Shopify in your domain settings. So if you want to also use that domain on your Shopify store, maybe you want a separate page there or some sort of subdomain mm-hmm. there. Uh, you can go ahead and connect that. And then if at any point you know you've you've registered this domain and you want to take it elsewhere. Um, you can reach out to us and we can help you with the transfer process of actually transferring that domain.
0: Okay, cool. Cool. Now, anything else with portals before we go on to our new reveal uh, here? No, I'm excited for it. Okay. All right. So now guys, uh, you know, um, like I said, in the introduction, we're debuting a, a brand new, I guess you can call it a tool here for Amazon sellers and this really solved a, a pain point uh, for me. So uh, Alex, take it away. What are we launching now? We are launching
1: the ability to create Amazon barcode labels. And so for those of you who are familiar with the concept, this is your FN SKU barcode, the ability to generate and creatively design, export and print your Amazon
0: barcode labels. I love that guys. This, this is one of the things I was pushing for because for, for years, let me tell you guys what my process is. Um, I have two different, I have two different processes. One of them is I do a lot of wholesale products. And, and so like, you know, I, I'm obviously coming from the wholesale manufacturer. They don't have FN SKU codes and I, I don't, you know, I'm I'm a cheapskate. I don't want to, I don't want to pay Amazon 30 cents a piece to, to, to label these. So I do it. uh, I label them myself, you know? So like whenever uh, I'm about to do a new replenishment order. I just go ahead to Amazon and I copy the the FN SKU and then I use a barcode generator and I have my own little template and it's just an annoying process. And then I print it off on my my thermal printer and then I I just sticker them one by one. The the secondary thing of how I use how I've been using FN SKUs is is I uh for for my private label products on Project 5K Project X I, I like doing a little bit more graphic uh, labels like, you know, I want, I want something printed on the box, you know, because instead of, then I don't have to sticker them like I do with my wholesale products. It already comes from my factory with the FN SKU there and maybe my, my, my logo and some, some, you know, nice little, nice little color and different things like that if I want to. And then, so what I do is I have a graphic designer because, you know, I cannot draw for anything, you know, put the FN SKU sticker on a nice graphic logo. And then I give that file to my supplier and then they print it off and they put it on the boxes for me. So can now this new product handle both of those uh, of what I've been doing?
1: Yes, it absolutely can. Uh, so we actually kind of designed this off of your process, Bradley, although I think with the other people that we've talked to, other sellers that we've talked to, uh, we, we do see that others have a somewhat similar process to you or some form of that process. And so- Effectively, yes, you can, you can, the, the current barcode labels that you use and the stickers that you place on your products, you can now create from scratch yourself in our barcode label tool. Now, the, you mentioned the whole graphic design piece. Now you may not be able to recreate the graphics. You probably still would, would have someone else, you know, create some cool custom design that you want to include on there. Um, But you can certainly upload that and format it in a way that is is ready yeah. to be placed on your product.
0: Yeah, so guys, this is gonna save you some some time. It's gonna save you, you know, time is money, uh, by itself might save you some money as well. By the way, what's the name of this new tool? We are calling it Amazon Barcode Label. I like it, simple and to the point. So depending on when you're listening to this episode, it might be already in your dashboard, or, you know, it might still just be to, uh elite members maybe or diamond members but but you know eventually uh platinum all the way to elite are going to have access to this so make sure to check your dashboard if you have it and and then let us know you know like alex said you know they base a lot of uh, of my process and and some of the others that they interviewed but if you have uh some unique use cases for how you guys do your barcodes you know be it maybe it's something that's not even FNSQ. maybe you guys want something that helps with upcs or eans or whatever the case is let us know. That's what we're here for. You know, we, we, we develop things that, uh, our sellers ask for. So let Alex know in the tool suite, uh, guys, remember the way to do that. If you're on your helium 10 dashboard, you go to the very top. There's like a question mark, hit that question mark button and then hit the share your ideas and just say, Hey, this is for, for Alex, uh, here. And then I know he checks all those, uh, any last uh, words of wisdom, uh, for us here before we ask you for your 30 second tip. Um, Alex
1: yeah just maybe to reiterate uh, one more point about the Amazon barcode label feature there anyone that's researched this heavily will will see that there's a lot of requirements uh that you need to follow when creating your barcode labels so there's things like how big it can be you know it's got to be one inch by two inches between two to three for the the actual barcode sticker size, there needs to be a certain padding around it. It needs to be placed uh, a specific spot on your product. All of those types of requirements we're also building as much as we can into the tool so that you will mm-hmm. use it correctly. Um, and you know it's things like, yeah, you know, on your packaging, you need to say where it's made. Now maybe you already do that on your packaging, but you have the option to include that here. Um, mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. Bradley, I know that you like to the the product name that's generated on these, the the barcodes in seller central yeah. sometimes does not look very legible and sometimes you want to change all, that nope. so this gives you the ability to easily do that too without having to crop a bunch of things and align it in some text editor or something just do that directly in the tool you can actually just put in the fn sku generate the barcode will we'll pull the product information. And then if you need to edit any of those things, you can easily do that where the format is not going to be messed up in any way.
0: Yeah, cool, cool. So, all right, guys, uh, take a look at these things. Uh, Go to h10.me forward slash portals to find out more about portals. And then h10.me forward slash barcode in order to find out more about this tool. All right, now we've come to the part of the show uh, we call the TST 30-second tip. You know what, What's something that uh, is actionable for our users out there that they can do, maybe has to do with follow-up, maybe has to do with portals, maybe has to do with the the barcode uh, tool? What, what can you give us out there?
1: I did like a little demo for like a small group of users recently um, with setting up, uh, the whole premise was how can I like kind of set up an automated system with my landing page to automatically kind of collect and send um, emails to new subscribers. And within 15 minutes, we set it up, which was creating a MailChimp account um, when someone uh, creating a workflow that when there's a new subscriber, they get this email template and then connecting it to the Zapier API and portals. And then we ran through it really quick, and sure enough, in two seconds, as soon as I subscribed, I got an email in my inbox, um, and it was all automated.
0: Huh, okay. I like it. All right, well, Alex, thank you so much for joining us. I'm I'm super excited about the new uh, barcode tool and um, I'm going to continue to, to get more into portals and follow up myself. So so guys, I hope you uh Helium 10 members out there appreciate this information and and start utilizing this stuff. I mean, you're not you none of the stuff that we talked about today, guys, you have to pay extra for. If you already got Helium 10, you have full access uh, to these tools. So make sure to uh, take advantage of it. Alex, let's uh let's link up maybe sometime in twenty twenty two and let's talk about all the things that for sure has changed from Amazon requirements for communication or other things and, and let's see what's going on in your uh your part of, of Helium Ten here.
1: Let's do it.